for Cooper's Mild Ale. Triple M rocks the ashes. G'day, it's Gus Wallen here. It's all over. Australia have won the Ashes 4-0. So for the final time in the series, sit back, grab a Cooper's Mild Ale and enjoy our favourite moments from the Triple M commentary box on day three in Hobart. Mark Howard, Mark Waugh and Greg Blewett. Interesting happenings overseas in cricket. Uh, Virat Kohli resigning as captain of India. It's a, a bit of a shock. I'm just thinking of the English side moving forward. Joe Root, whether he uh, continues as captain. Um, oh, if there was another choice, I, I, I'd suggest that he might make way for someone as well. But unless it's Ben Stokes, I, I can't see anyone else who could possibly take the reins. So Virat pushes on playing test cricket, but he's just resigned the captaincy, was my understanding, yeah? Yep. That's right, yep. So who takes over as Indian captain? Agarwal did a fantastic job when he was out here, didn't he? Uh, Rahani. Oh, Rahani, sorry. Yeah. Rahani, yeah. He's probably the natural man in, isn't he? I think they might give it to Rahul. KL Rahul. Mm. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I, I would have thought Just Rahani. Just because of his name. Great name. KL Rahul. Rahul. Mm. <laughs> what do you reckon it's worth in sponsorship from being Oof. your average bog-standard Indian test cricketer mm. to the captain? I've got no idea. I've got no idea. Danny, 50 million? June, I reckon it's got to be an extra 5 mil a year as captain. US, I'm talking. Well, the captain in Australia gets an extra uh, few bob on his, his paycheck being captain. In our yeah. day, that happened. So obviously, it would happen now. Yeah, Quite I mean, in sponsorship, though. I think the yeah, sponsorship, once you oh, sponsor the yeah. next year, no. Yeah. Oh, I reckon you might be a bit under there, Howie. Undersold it. Right. Yep. Give me a number then to be captain per annum in marketing as in man in charge of India then, Bluey. Well, as Mark War said, what we've always heard, well, they're not rumours. that There's people that have been speculating about, you know, guys Dhoni. like Coley and Dhoni that, that have earned around about 40 to 50 US a year. So A year? A year. <laughs> a year? Good yep. wedge. Oh. Yeah. Jeez. Them's good numbers. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no. Boy, buy a few racehorses with those, Junie boy. Well, I, I didn't think it was that per year. I thought, yes. We're talking about uh, the extra kick in the back pocket if you take over as Indian captain. Now, old mate Rabsy, second in charge of Triple M cricket, who is certainly not on 50 million himself. He sent me through some information. Uh, in 2020, cricket superstar Virat Kohli remained the only Indian in the Forbes list of world's highest paid athletes with total earnings for the year June 26 million US 66 spot overall and his endorsements his salary and winnings were 2 mil and he was pulling 24 mil from endorsements there you go well I thought it was a little bit higher but yeah that's that's solid though it's pretty mm. solid Pretty solid. Give me a spell. I think my five mil is a bit underestimated. There's a, there's a few compelling financial reasons to put your hand up for the job. Yep. Yep. I reckon our own captain would uh, just endorsements be, I don't know, round figures. I reckon that'd be worth a I think I saw, um, I think I saw Steve Smith. Earnings were pretty high up in Australia. Uh, sort of around that 30 mil. Oof. Pretty sure I saw that somewhere. Those... Big numbers <laughs> thrown into the betting oh, ring now. Oh. But he, didn't he have a... There was a deal with a, a koala well, mattresses. Koala. That's right. 
Yeah, yeah. That, that was a big investment operation. That's been yeah, a great little earn, hasn't it? Yeah. That's if he sold his shares, of course. Well, I think maybe profit per year. What's he got? Twenty percent of the company or something like that. Jude's gone all David Kosh on us. He's bringing all sorts of numbers to the table. Mm. Well, I sound confident, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I like it. So I've got some more information for you, Bluey. Yep. That Virat's only the third highest paid. Because um, he's still behind Sachin. Mm. And, and Doni. Uh, Doni. Coming in fourth is Ganguly. Then Saywag at five. UV Singh at six. Rainer, Raul Dravid, Rohit oh. Sharma, and Gambia. What? Well, what still? What are, they, is this what are those characters on? What's Gambia and Ganguly on? Those, those well, this critters. is talking. This is talking net worth now. Oh, it's right. only going to disappoint you. I'll give you a net worth number. <laughs> it's going to disappoint you though, June. We've got to get to an overbreak as well. Pitched outside leg, worked around the corner. Terrible. Man, Gautam Gambia is reportedly worth 19 million. What? Rail driver, 23 million. That's total net worth though. I think we need oh. to move on though because we've got a handover in commentaries. <laughs> James Brayshaw, Callum Ferguson, and Mark Taylor. He just to the naked eye here, it looks like the sting's gone out of Woody. Mm. Down to 143, I think that one was. It just doesn't look like it's quite got the same sizzle. Yeah, and that's why Steve Smith will be kicking himself for that, that hook shot or the pull shot he played in the last over. Uh, I think that may well have been uh, Wood's last over if he didn't get Smith. But now he's obviously got his tail up. He, Australia only one more, sorry, England only one more wicket away from into the bowlers. All of a sudden, Stark mm. and Cummins, and as you say, chance of maybe chasing only 200. Made a little observation last night, gents, of uh, Gus Warland in the, in the Zoom picture on the screen in front of us, and just some of the nervous energy that was getting, getting around in that room. Mm. And we also discussed that perhaps there'd been some. 360 degrees of feedback between the two over the years and perhaps that Gussie might have just offered him some advice over the over his journey and helped him get to an average of over 60. I wonder if there'll be any uh, <laughs> feedback coming after that dismissal there because uh, Smithy had done all the hard work last night and got a good start this morning. How's he going oh, over there, Tub? I can see no, him there in the Zoom. Gu- Gussie is what you would call a fair-weather mentor. Yeah, there we so are. So when he's averaging 64, he, you know, hey, I've helped Smithy through his career, blah, blah, blah. Now he doesn't even know who Stu Smith is. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he would wipe him like you wouldn't believe. Yep. He's just nestled himself up against Travis Head, a young up-and-coming <laughs> player that's averaging over 40 and just done just over 20 test matches. He'd be liking the look of him, Tub. Absolutely. Just wait to see if Kerry gets away here. That'll be his new, <laughs> his new body project. <laughs> Gus Warland, Murph Hughes and Brad Haddon. Murph, you, you'll like this one when you're talking about fast bowlers, fitness and how many balls you're allowed to bowl. I remember watching Ryan Harris and, and he was all about rhythm, making sure he had enough bowling. And, and I was standing in his net talking about what we're going to do in the test match and I looked on the ground at his bowling mark and it was a GPS unit. <laughs> I said, what are you doing? He, he said, no, nah, I bowled my quota. He said, but I, I don't feel right. I need to bowl a few more balls. So he put his GPS down as his bowling mark and, and kept going for another half hour. I love that, Hads. I love the fact that a bloke like, like Ryan House that we all loved as supporters of Australian cricket would just go, you know what, I know I mean, when I'm I right. Need, I need to do more. Yeah. Like, you, you can be told what to do and all that. Yeah, mate, at the bare minimum you do that. But like, like Hads said there, if you think you need the extra work, you've got to do the extra work because it's, it's no good going into a test match with doubts. And if you're bowling in the nets and it's not quite right, 
you just go into the, the test match with doubt. I had another it's funny just... one for you, Merv. Last Ashes series, uh, Michael Nisha and Mitch Marsh had been on the tour the, the whole time. They'd been on there the three months. They hadn't played any cricket. And come the last test, I, I said to Justin Langer, I'll, I'll take him for a run on the way home and I'll stop and get a beer. So we went for a run. They had their GPS on, the, the support staff, the fitness staff made sure they had that on. And I didn't tell the, the bowlers or the, that I was going to do this. So we went for a run. I said, I'll just stop in this pub. I've got to go to the bathroom. It's after about 6Ks. I said, oh, by the way, give me your GPS unit. So I went to the bar, brought three beers. And I said, all right, now throw the GPS to each other. He go, what, what are we doing? And I said, no, no, just throw the GPS. It'll, it'll keep uh, registering. So we had a couple of beers. We got back. We had a laugh about it next day. The, the fitness trainer wasn't that happy. And <laughs> They're never happy, are they? But in the... That, and Justin Langer was really good. He basically just said to the, the fitness staff, hang on a minute, these guys have been here for three months. We had a bit of fun, cut it out, boys, that's a great laugh, well done, and uh, life goes on. But they're on tour for three months. Sometimes you've got to find ways to, to spice it up, and, and, that, and that was one of those moments, Merv, you would have enjoyed oh, that way of using GPS. I've got to say, in all honesty, Nessa and Mitch Marsh don't look like the boys that would like be... <laughs> Really loving a cold beer, do they? They just look like they'd be more gin and tonic boys. <laughs> just, don't they just look like they'd throw a couple of frothies down in no time? <laughs> now, Gussie, I've got to say, I am dumbfounded with the amount of time that took. Yes, it was close, but it's black and white. You could see straight away that from the first replay, it was over the line. So I, I can't understand why they had to look at 10 different replays to come to that conclusion. Well, it's such an important thing, I suppose, Merv. So they think if they spend you know, another minute looking at it to get it right. It's an Ashes series. You don't have to look at something 50 times to get it right. If you can see it in the first replay... Why are you looking at me as if I made the decision? Because oh, you're backing I... up the third umpire, and it's Paul Rifle, and he's a flog. <laughs> he's your old Victorian teammate. flog, pistol. No, he's fantastic. And it's great to see Rod Tucker. We haven't said too much about the umpires, but... They've been brilliant. Rod Tucker played a lot of his cricket down here in Tasmania, so... He'd be absolutely stoked to get a test match down here and big block of Wilson out there too. Sorry, and there's no run hats. No, I'm enjoying it. You, you two go. I'm, I'm enjoying this banter. <laughs> I reckon we all, gave, we all gave it no ball hats within 10 seconds and he's looking at me now as if it's my fault. Well, you're saying they've got to, they've got to do due diligence. They've got to get it right. You look at the first replay, he's over. Just call it. Get on with the game. <laughs> Spend half an hour looking at replays. <laughs> you are hard. Jesus. Pistol, you're a flog. There's a procedure to go through, you're get a, funny. Get a move on. <laughs> For Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes. For Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes. Isabel Westbury, Callum Ferguson and Greg Blewett. From an English perspective, Izzy, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that no ball because I was listening to the commentary of uh, one big Mervyn oh, yes. Swervin Hughes. Mm. Have you seen the replay? Because Merv was like, well, I don't know why we're going to replays. For me, that was absolutely 50-50 which way they went there. Yeah, I've seen a bit of commentary suggesting that it was that they thought it was closer rather than not. But, I mean, it's one of those that, again, my immediate reaction was, oh, no. Yeah. And, all right, you've got to go back and forth. I think having replays is perfectly fine. One added advantage of having this Zoom 
conference call in front of us. We can see you, but we can also see Big Merv having a bit of a whinge in the background. Oh, yeah, no. Didn't like Bluey mentioning him there at all. Yeah. And here he is just with some really ordinary gesturing going on with his hand yeah. usage there. I don't uh, like that at all, Bluey. Oh, just... And it's okay for Big Merv to you know have a crack at his one of his best mates, Paul Rifle. That's but right. as soon as you just mention that you don't quite disagree with Big yeah. Merv, and he bloody... Gets the tissues out. That's a bit a, of a sook. Just another chapter in the book of poor me by Mervyn yeah. Hughes. I reckon we get rifle on and have a right of reply. I'd quite enjoy that. Dan Ganane and Mark Taylor. Speaking of tennis, I heard you had a good morning. Yeah, absolutely yeah. blew David Gower out of the water. Triple MVVT Sports was a no contest. A bit like this Ashes series, actually. So you had a thumping win, eh? Oh, in the tennis today, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Warland and Taylor, too good for... The, the BT, the BT crew, led by David Gower yeah. next door. That's disappointing to hear that about Gower, because I would have thought really elegant. He was an elegant batsman. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I would have thought he had a bit of John McEnroe elegance. Yeah, you no, know, he's good touch. He was just overpowered. You know, mm. you know, yeah. It's a step up grade. You take on the Triple M boys, you, know? <laughs> you move up the ladder a bit, don't you? you know? He'll be, he'll be better for the run, put it that way. You're the Pete Sampras of the combat, of the yeah, hero, just yeah. a big thumping serve. Yeah, that's it, yes. Serve no. Ollie. No, that Gus Wallen, though, he, Gus has got a competitive side to him. Yeah. I kept saying, let's just go easy. He said, no way. <laughs> he said, no, Tub, we're going for the jugular. We're going for the jugular. I said, mate, we're just having a social game of tennis. Oh, no, 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 he said. This is Australia the England, this is Ashes stuff. So, yeah, we had to go hard. So, I've only really gotten to know the last six or seven weeks. You would have the biggest competitive streak out of anyone in the Triple M uh, organisation. Well, you're nearly right, Dan. You're dead right. I have got a competitive side. Ha- Haddon's up there. Had- Haddon's worse than me. Yeah, I was going to... Haddon, terrible. I knew as soon as terrible. I said, yeah. No fun to play with Haddon. Well, he blew you off the court, didn't he, at Memorial Drive? No, he didn't. He, he oh, won, he that's won not, a close one. It's not the story he tells. Oh, yeah, because he's a liar. <laughs> he doesn't tell the truth. No. Like very competitive, Haddon. Lives around the corner from me too. He, he might get a few games in the Glazeville Championship very shortly. No, he's looking for a game, Haddon, at my local place I play with the tennis at just up the road. But I'm yeah. a bit worried about taking him there because you know, the attitude worries me. <laughs> you know, you know, it's, 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 you know, we try and have a bit of competitive game, but there's a beer afterwards, have you? I'm not sure. Tubby doesn't have his own court? No. Mm. No, but I played in the uh, 20th century, not the 20th century. <laughs> James Brayshaw, Mark War, and Mark Taylor. JB, I'll give you an interesting story about myself and Tubby in Hobart. We both yes, played our first class uh, career in Hobart at the TCA ground, mm-hmm. and we were oh, rooming yeah. together. I think it was your birthday, Tubby, wasn't it? The night the 21st before? birthday. No, no, third and, uh, day of the game. Third, third day. day. Well, yep. one of the days, we both of us thought the other one had got the wake-up call, and neither of us got the wake-up call. Oh, we, no. We get a call from Bob Simpson about... About quarter past nine. Yeah. Where are you, boys? I'm going, whoa, what, what time is it? Quarter past nine. You should be at the ground. Tough. Uh, Bobby Simpson. What happened? Caned us, didn't he? About an oh, hour yeah. of fielding. High balls. I did actually fault, tell Tubby. I your did fault. actually tell Simo where to go, too, when he rang up, because I thought it was about half past seven. Yeah. yeah. yeah I told right. him to, uh, you know. Leave us alone. On. Yeah. And he was, the, he was then the New South Wales cricket coach, Bob Simpson, who a, la- a year later became the Australian cricket team coach. And I thought Junior and I, mm, career no, was never no, going to take off yep. after that. <laughs> That's it, Art Line through the names. <laughs> yeah. yeah, never the tour again. What happened to the standards, Tub? You know, I mean, this is, these are just uh, the non-negotiables of playing first-class cricket. <laughs> oh, it took us a while to work that out. 
That's <laughs> our first game. Well, give us a go. We were, we were part of the New South Wales team full of alcoholics. <laughs> well, that is true. Not that quite, is no. true. Not, not quite. <laughs> Very badly behaved 11. <laughs> now, Junior, you bitch. No, I actually walked up to the TCA ground. Yeah, um, you have a good walk around there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, had a good walk up the there. tennis centre. Had a look at it. Had a hit of tennis there this morning at the yeah. tennis centre, walked up the TCA ground, and, and uh, I can tell you the ground has not changed, changed. at all. One I At all. No. Nice old wooden stands there, isn't yep. there? And, and remember the little little change rooms that yep. gla- there's a glass front on? They're exactly That's the right. same. I think it's a committee room now, though. I remember mm. us all huddled in there because it, it got no more than about 14 degrees, I think, for the whole test match. It was freezing. Mm. Oh, sorry, that Shield game, not test match. Winston was Davis was the game. overseas professional for uh, Tassie, wasn't he? Yeah. Got me out, too. Got me out, too. Second thing, isn't it? Just hearing Winston Davis's name... It- they had some blokes who couldn't get a game for the main team in the West Indies back in those days who were legitimately rapid. Sylvester Clark's name comes oh. to mind. Now, that bloke was legitimately fast. He was. He uh, played for Surrey, didn't he? His county mm. career. And I, know, I was playing for Essex at the same time that he was playing. And he come off this short run-up, big barrel-chested, oh. sort of a, an awkward sort of action. And, wow, he let him go. How couldn't he get a game for the West Indies? Well, they just had about of, ten blokes in front yeah. of him. That was better. <laughs> because, because of Garner, um, a, uh, Roberts, Holding, Marshall, yeah. Croft, uh, Ambrose, Garner, Walsh, Patterson, <laughs> Bishop, oh, Wayne Daniels. They could do with him now, the West Indies. They'd, he'd get a game from now. <laughs> yeah, I reckon he would, yeah. yeah they had a, a conveyor belt of quick bowlers, bowl about 150 k's an hour. Mm. Yep. Now, you didn't want to cop them in a tour match either because the second tier of blokes would play and they'd be trying to push for a main team game yeah. and they'd want to knock your head off. Yeah. Patrick Patterson, he was sort of second tier, but on his day he could... He was nasty. Nasty at the MCG one year, wasn't he, Tubby? Oh, yeah. Is that when he came busting into the rooms, Tubby, looking for AB? Yeah, that, I think that was the test before I debuted at the MCG. He hit the Aussies all over from pillar to post, yeah. And, um... Oh. I think, I think when he was bat- batting, when he was batting on the fourth day, he kept looking around at the slips, and AB said, don't worry about oh, us, yeah. mate, you bat. What are you looking at? Something yeah. like that. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, he charged into the dressing room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> AB just shrunk into the corner. The, mm. rest of, the rest of the batsmen just hid in the toilets. <laughs> I just go back to that, that game at the TCA ground, JB. You'd be interested to know that Junior and I, we did debut together back in 985. As opening batsmen together. Oh, yep, it, yep. And, and tough for me though. After that, I, I got junior. Dropped. Like, like you know, like it's the same with Steve and Dean and all all <laughs> yeah. the wars. He just thought, no, nah, it's too tough up there. I to get back, you know, that middle order into that protected species mob about four or five. Yep. I just worked out I had too many shots to open. I, you know, <laughs> I actually had to bowl as well, unlike yourself, Tub. Just <laughs> perch yourself at first slip and, and block it. So yeah, just didn't sit right with me, so I thought I'd slide down where you could oh. you know, play a f- few shots. I thought you actually might have batted about six or seven by the end of that summer too, didn't you? <laughs> I think about, I did, about yeah. where you should have stayed, I reckon, <laughs> <at> seven. <laughs> I was opening the bowling though at one stage. Yeah, well, at least that's where your talents were. <laughs> For Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes. For Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes. Dan Ganane, Murph Hughes and Callum Ferguson. 
Merv Cal was filthy earlier because the conversation about Patrick uh, Patterson storming into the MCG dressing room. Merv wants to make it clear he wasn't going after AB. He was going after the big fella. Is that right? Well, wound him up. I've, I've learned a lesson that day, Cal. Don't poke yeah. a bear. Well, late, late. I, I think it was the fourth day. Could have been third day, but I'm, I'm thinking it was fourth day. Um, we had the West Indies sort of. No, it must have been nine down because Patrick Patterson was batting and Steve War was bowling. Now, every time we go out to bat, we we cop a fair bit of peripheral sledging. So it's the West Indies talking to each other, but really sledging the batsman about, you know, stick it up his nose, get him out of the basement, uh, stuff like that. If he wants to drive, get a car, hire a car, all that sort of stuff. And I was standing at point. I, I don't know why I was standing at point. I just put it down to bad captaincy from Alan Border. But I just thought I'd have a bit of fun here. Hey, Tugger, let's stick it up his nose, man. Let's give it to him. <laughs> and Steve Waugh then ran in and bowled three bounces in a row. He didn't mind a bounce. Patrick okay. Patterson's yeah. eyes started rolling, looking at me <laughs> at point, and I'm sort of sitting there thinking, I didn't think he was going to bounce it. So as we walked off the ground, the old MCG rooms, you, you entered um, a level up and then walked down the stairs. Because it was in Melbourne, I had a couple of mates in the in the members' reserve, so I sat up there and had a bit of a, a look, and a pat- Patrick, apparently Patrick Patterson's come bursting through, adjoining doors down the old MCG rooms, opened the door, what's going on, what's going on, I want to see him. And they but mate, what's your problem? Just get, get out, what's your, pull your head in, get out, what's your problem? Don't worry about my problems, we're going to sort your problems out tomorrow. <laughs> so I came downstairs, and Heels and Steve War said, oh, he was down looking for you, I thought, oh, thank God I stayed upstairs. I was, what happened? And we had a bit of a chuckle and thought, geez, as if he could bowl any shorter or any faster than he already has on this tour. No way. How wrong were we? <laughs> oh, the next day, he bowled at 200 mile an hour. He cleaned everyone up. I reckon he got five for about 28. Oh, it was just scary. Gus Warland, Mark Taylor and Greg Blewett. And Burnsy, well, he's moved on the 22. It's because of the hair, surely. He's, he's got the hair out. out. It's gone, gone with it. We've seen the bun all series, and today it's classic cricketer, Gus, when it's not quite right. I remember my last test match, I was struggling, Gus, so I decided I was going to shave my hair off. I went number two, thinking, oh, that'll, that'll get me some runs. Well, it didn't. So I looked like a tool, and I played my last test as well. You're very handsome now, though, Bluey. <laughs> That's a good wig, isn't it? <laughs> We're not going there again, are we? We've... Andy Lee got us all in trouble with the, uh, what was it? The hair the hat. Hair hat. Or the hair hat. Didn't he throw a few barbs and then left the commentary team? <laughs> oh, I did. Yeah. What? Has it been seen since? James Brayshaw, Callum Ferguson and Lord Ian Botham. I've just well. spent the tea break dusting Bluey off in a putting contest, Beef. <laughs> and geez, he, he cracked him too. Jeez. Yep. And then tried to change the rules. Oh, that's no surprise. First to there. five. So dirty again. I got to five first, and he goes, well, you've had more putts. I'm like, how's that work? Well, hang on. If you win the toss and bat first. <laughs> I, I said, well, your rules were first to five, and I hit it five times before you did. That means I win. Yep. Done it or I'm not? Am I, no, I'm with you. Am I thinking the wrong way, Sir Ian? No, you're thinking logically. Louis <laughs> doesn't. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> I tell you what, it's heads bobbing between him and Punter as to who is the more competitive to the point yeah. where he just won't accept the fact that he was beaten. Mm. Yeah. Do you don't give to talk to you again mm. for the rest of the day. You don't, give, you don't give Punter anything under 12 inches, do you? No. <laughs> <laughs>
Mate, I'd like to put the record straight as well. I went down on the way over here to have a look at the statue of Babsy. Yes. He's never looked like that in his never. entire life. No, no. I, I, he, he was bigger than that when he was born. No, that's 100% <laughs> true. <laughs> it, it, it looks not one scintilla like him. Well, it looks like an athlete. Yes, there you are. <laughs> Say no case. more. We had it on seven before beef. He and Paul Rifle in the third umpire match referee room. Yeah. And I said they operated about two words an hour, those two. Imagine how boring it would be sitting in that room. Well, what are you going to talk about? Well, they don't. Even at a bar, those two <laughs> don't right? speak, let alone sitting there. <laughs> well, if he's on a plane or at the bar, if he's not talking, all he's doing is drinking. Right, There's plenty it. more time to sneak him in, uh, isn't there, Beefy? It. Yep. You see, he's trying to claim three more pints, you know, yeah. for transit. Well, he taller and taller as time goes by, is he? Well, he's claiming three because, and in fairness, he's claimed this since he got to England on that memorable day that he can't remember. Yes. He's always claimed that we, he needed three pints extra for when they were in transit. Right. Ah, so, okay. So you need to find yeah. someone that was with him. Well, there are lots of blokes with him. There was a whole touring party. It's about 16 on that one. Yep. Should be able to find someone beef, I reckon. Well, there's two behind me. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it would be. Tubbs and uh, And it's where Mervyn Hughes. We need mm. some verification. For Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes. For Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes. James Brayshaw, Callum Ferguson and Lord Ian Botham. Green again. Milan, the left hand around the wicket. Two slips in the gully. Good bouncer. Conks him right in the helmet. That's a good strike of it too. He's going to have to get the staff out to have a look at it. I think that's standard these days, Fergie, anyways. Now, as soon as you get yeah. in the helmet, you've actually got to have it yeah, inspected. That's, that's right. And uh, that is hit flush. That is a beauty. That is right on the Ooh. money around the wicket, yep. right on the earpiece there. Bit of foam that you have under the grill. And Beefy, that was right on the money. That's a tough one, that. Yeah, but you know he's a, he's a tough lad. He just he took it off, shook his head, and uh, on he went. It's a grill, yeah, I reckon, earpiece. So mm. it probably hasn't impeded the structure of the actual helm, and he mightn't have to change it. But they do have to do a full inspection. Mm. And uh, Bray, did you ever have to answer any of the questions from the physio after you copped a decent one on the night? Well, it, it was a bit before that sort of thing happened, but I remember. Getting hit by Carl Rackham and actually Beefy might have been playing the Shield game in Brisbane, and um, it was I only had the earpieces on. I didn't have the grill. Mm. Anyway, it sort of got a bit big, and I tried to ride it out. And there was this big loud bang, and anyway, I sort of went reeling back towards square leg and realised pretty quickly that I was all right. But anyway, so obviously the bowler didn't say anything, but it took it a little bit of time before I faced up again. And Greg Ritchie came over to me, Beef. <laughs> he said, "Are you all right?" I said, "Yeah, I'm fine." And he goes, well, you might want to put your helmet back on properly because it had knocked it sideways. And I had one earpiece under my chin and the other one on top of me. <laughs> so I just had to straighten it back up again. Sounds like you in great that, shape. No. The only thing that surprised me there, he told you. Yeah, I know. Yeah. No, he was pissing himself. He thought that was the funniest part of it all. <laughs> so yeah. we're getting, it looks like another bit of padding's coming out and they're going to just get the scissors into that and reapply 
But some response to a flashing drive outside mm. the off stump. That's a bit of uh, righto back in your box. Yeah. Big fella. It's a heavy ball he bowls, isn't it, yeah, Cam that, Green? That, I feel that like that followed, followed him, as him well. a bit too beef, mm. yeah. It followed him all the way. Mm. And couldn't get out. It's actually, in the end, he, he relieved the pressure by going with it, so yeah. deflected, so. Ooh. Helmets. Mm. Oh, you used to just go with the peroxided hair. Didn't he, Beef? Yeah. The, the, the mullet yeah. and this, the head. Right. Yeah, presented a yeah. target, didn't you? Mate, well, I can tell the you main. now, I put, put a few balls out of shape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. So just Sorry, um, it. Do you remember that game at uh, the MCG when uh, Viv went out to bat and Hoggy came steaming in, bounced him. Yes. Viv went for the hook, hit him on the side of the head and fell down there, right feet. And the, he never missed a beat with the chewing gum. Just kept going. And uh, Hoggy said, you know, you're right. He said, just tap the bat, as he did. You know, the, mm-hmm. tap the handle. Get on ball, man. And went back to his guard. He bounced him again. It went 30, 30 metres up into the bloody yep. grandstand at the Miles. MCG. <laughs> yep. Miles. But he... Uh, but no, he, I, I never liked him. I have to be honest, I hated him. I felt cl- closed in. Yeah. And uh, so I only wore them when I had to, and that was after I got hit in the cheekbone. And they said you you've got to wear a helmet for the next year in case you get hit there again. No, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. About while well, we're getting all this helmet work done, Viv, I think it, I don't think it was a test match. I think it was a tour match at the SCG against New South Wales and Lenny Pascoe, who, as you know, Beef's eyes could roll back. Anyway, he's charging into Viv and bowling literally one bouncer after another. And obviously intimidatory bowling, all the rest of it. So after the fourth one, the umpire stepped in and said, righto, Lenny, that'll do. And Lenny started exploding at the umpire. Anyway, while they were sort of arguing with each other, somewhere near the middle of the pitch, Viv's just swan down with the same chewing gum beef mm. and said to the umpire, let him go, man. <laughs> let, let him go. <laughs> <laughs> he can bowl as many as he wants. Just keep him coming. <laughs> You just want to be that cool once in oh, your life, don't you? <laughs> never happened. Never, funnily enough, never happened. No, I'm still searching for it. <laughs> <laughs> this has got the little feel of Pat Cummins to meet. Mm. This has got the feel of the champ coming on and just taking matters into his own hands. Jeez, he's been good in the big moments mm. throughout the series. Whilst Tubby earlier in the, quite remarkably earlier in the test, claimed that he'd been relatively quiet in the series. Oh, I couldn't Even though he was the leading wicket-taker, oh, in this, having missed a test match. I couldn't believe what well, was Tubbs. being said at the time, but uh, he has been huge in the big moments, Pat Cummins, the captain. He's let himself down a touch for me, Tub. Oh. You know, he, he started strongly with Triple M Cricket Beef, and then just as the series has worn on, I think his focus has gone. He started playing tennis. He started wandering into bloody English television boxes next door. He's, he's let, let his guard down. What about his work on the, uh, on the circuit too, Bray, with the younger, uh, younger players uh, in the commentary team? Significant questions need to be asked. <laughs> Down don't forget. Bit of, uh, bit of nightlife being seen. Don't forget the Uber Eats and Deliveroo as well as doing. Oh, oh yeah, oh. but that's, that's always been there. <laughs> Beef, were you involved in that night out earlier in the, in the trip to Hobart? Uh, which night out? Yeah, I was right. about to say. <laughs> now you're asking. Well, I've just heard rumours of Dan Ganane, the uh, designated night captain of the Triple M commentary team, just leading a few astray the other night. No, I wasn't there night the other one, night. I reckon it was. Night one, it was. No, nah, not guilty. 
Right. I know I know where I was, and I was having a drink, but I wasn't out of that lot. <laughs> we had some uh, we had some good nights at um, Adelaide, though. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we did. Mm. Isabel Westbury, Murph Hughes, and Brad Haddon. Nathan, an anaconda stat, please. Ben Stokes ends the Ashes series with a batting average of 23.60. The man who caught him, Nathan Lyon, 25.33 with the stick. What about that other all-rounder in the Australian side? He's probably beating him for his batting average as well. Mitchell Stark, 38.75. Oh, goodness. Cameron Green. Cameron Green, 32.57. Is there anyone that's got a lower batting average than Stokes? Uh, 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 on the Australian side. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> yeah, Steve Smith and David Warner. Dan Ganane, Mark Taylor and Greg Blewett. What about the gear Blewett and Ponting and Brayshaw got up to? A putting competition, apparently, in the tea break. Is that right? Is that true? I heard JB talking about that. I mean, what are oh. you getting away with on Channel 7? Well, Ricky Ponting brought uh, four putters in that we could just... Well, we thought on the first day there might have been a bit of rain around, so we thought we'd just... Uh, entertain ourselves but I heard word filtered back to me that old uh, Jimmy boy might have been telling a few porky pies about who won the putting comp too oh he opened up the shoulder so he didn't win it no I've got witnesses too Tub oh okay so Bluey hang on was this putting comp on TV this is the point I'm getting to no, 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 not on TV. Oh, see, no. JB, the way he explained it was like it was a competition on air. I'm thinking, geez, don't tell Jeff Lemon, you'll write 1,200 words on it. But no, okay. <laughs> well, that's, that makes sense. That makes no, sense. In fact, we should the, do the same thing, Tom. We're just in the, the green room out the back of the studios. Oh, that sounds like fun. So what was said, Dan? Can you remember what JB said? How did he claim the win? What he did say, just to get the back of the box, he talked about it was first to five, I think he said. Yes. So I assume it was first well, to five true. to hold a putt or hit, hit something. But he, yes. he, he did sort of intimate that he might have had a couple more yeah. goes than you, but he was the first to five. Well, well, that's true. I'll no. explain oh. after this oh. delivery. Oh, I can hear some backpedalling going on. <laughs> so each end, you have three putts, and he started the competition. So he got... The first three putts in, right? Mm, so then yes. the score was, he got to five, I was on four, and he completed his end, and then I had my remaining three putts, and with my penultimate putt, I hold it. So it was five all. Happy ah, with that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, but he was so first we had to the five. S- yeah, same amount of putts, though. <laughs> oh, I'm on Bluey's side. You can't have a comp where... I suppose NFL overtime rules, if you score a touchdown before the other team gets it, you win the game. Golden point. Yeah, exactly. Golden Golden We've seen it in rugby league where a team marches upfield, boots a field goal, the other team doesn't even touch it. Hmm. Now, you know what? You're right. Yeah. Uh, no, he's got no, no idea he's, here. No, he's not. <laughs> you can't have more putts than the op- opposition. It's not a fair comp. <sighs> and he was going with the claw grip, so I reckon he loses anyway. We're not surprised that we only got half the information from JB either, are we? <laughs> and, the, and the right info. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just enough information to make himself look good. That's how JB works. Well, and, you know, we hear about, you know, poor losers. He's a poor winner. <laughs> hey, if you're going to be one of the two, though, you're better off being a poor winner, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a long way home now for England. Five for 101 as Boland. Gets his first wicket of this second innings. There's still 170 away. 
Oh, poor old Joe Root. We're looking at replays. None of them look pretty. Oh. Not much he could have done about that. Worst change of the bat I've ever seen. That. <laughs> <laughs> He's used that bat for two balls. He's missed both of them. One nearly nicked. The other one crashed into off stump. I'll, I'll be giving that bat away. It's no good. It doesn't, it doesn't know how to hit the ball. Bats have got bigger since your day, but they're not that they're big. They're not that big. <laughs> you can't do much about that. You need one of those charity tennis racket type <laughs> deals. Uh, Harsh on him though. That was tough. That oh, yeah. low. That Dan, I'm a bit worried about you here, mate. With this this invoice, aren't you situation. on the same invoice? Yeah, yeah, so, I think we're in- so 9:22 local time, right? Um, it's an hour and eight minutes left to play. Yeah. But Australia, if they get close to winning, can actually take another half hour tonight. So we're going to need to see England dig in here yeah, big, come on, big England. time. Another Just maybe half one an hour tonight. That might take us in tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, true. We need we need something like a none or a one for twenty in the next hour. We need we? a streaker to hold our play for five minutes. That's what we need. Well, what are you doing with this after yeah, this spell, no. mate? Here's Cummins. Don't, don't put it beyond me. Is it defended here by Pope? Some of us might have spent the money already. I mean, come on. I, mean, I can't get through to the end of the night. Are you kidding? So, Tubby, BT. What's that? Television or radio? What are you? Television. Doing? So the television. Yeah, they're, they're taking the broadcast back to, oh, right. uh, yeah, to England. Yeah, no, so. no dress standards then with BT. Or? <laughs> <laughs> Why, what are you suggesting? I'm looking a bit oh, oh. dishevelled. <laughs> Bluey, as you can understand, it's it's been a long summer, mate. With the Triple M boys, you know. I'm just a young, I'm a young pup on debut. First series, yeah. First summer with Triple M. I thought Bluey well, texting me saying uh, you look like you got that jacket from an army second store. I thought, geez, geez, have a bit of respect for your former captain. Oh, well, he's going to change now, is he? <laughs> I don't think any of us who don't have to wear suits have covered ourselves in glory. This series. For Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes.